نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله verily the praise belongs to Allah we praise him seek his assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds whoever Allah guides there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray there is no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger this evening in lecture number 34 we would like to take from the sharh or explanation of kitab al-tawheed al-ladhi huwa haqqullah ala al-abid by Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab ibn Sulaiman al-Tanini al-Najdi rahimahullah the chapter entitled Bab Qawlullahi Ta'ala the saying of Allah the Most High Alam tara ila al-lazina yaz'umuna annahum amanu bima unzila ilayka wa ma unzila min qablik yuriduna ayyatahakamu ila al-tagut Yani, Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah has entitled this chapter after the words, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from Surah Al-Nisa chapter 4 verse 60 and 61 until the end of that section Alam tara ila al-ladhina yaz'umuna annahum amanu bima unzila ilayk Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this statement says to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did you not see or did you not consider or did you not look to those who claim yaz'amuna annahum amanu bima unzila ilayk did you not look at those who claimed to believe and what was revealed to you wama unzila min qablik and that which was revealed before you to the prophets and the messengers who came before they claimed to believe in this يُرِيدُونَ أَيَّتَحَاكَمُوا إِلَى التَّعْبُوتِ While they are claiming to believe in that which has been revealed to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and that which was revealed to the prophets and messengers before they were claiming belief in that revelation that was revealed and at the same time they were discarding the revelation instead of seeking judgment by that which Allah has revealed they sought judgment from التَّعْبُوتِ and التَّعْبُوتِ here it is referring to those who legislate, who write laws to replace the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani to judge between the people by laws that they themselves have made, man-made laws or those who judge by those laws At-Taghut refers to those who make the laws and those who judge by them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says they do not consider those who believe yani they claim to believe while in fact the proof that they do not believe is that they do not seek judgment from that which has been revealed to you 
that they seek judgment from At-Taghut, whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered the believers to disbelieve in and to reject. This is the topic of the chapter. It is seeking judgment in disputes between the people by the laws that have been made by man. Instead of settling disputes between the people by the laws that have been revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Before beginning with this ayat and its discussion and the evidences that the Imam has mentioned in this chapter, just briefly I want to say that the issue of al-hukm and al-tahakum ruling and seeking rulings or judgments is a matter which the Muslims have fallen into difference about and it is one of the great causes of division and splitting of the Muslims today and especially amongst the youth and it is incumbent on us in light of that that we consider the evidences that have come in the Quran and Sunnah concerning this matter and the explanation of those evidences by the scholars who are known to be the dependable and the reliable and trustworthy scholars of the people of Sunnah. And we should be aware that this issue, it has more than one form that it may come in. The first is what has been mentioned in the chapter. Those who seek judgment by other than what Allah has revealed. Yani they go to those who judge by other than the law of Allah. They go to them and seek from those people to resolve the disputes between them. And the one who does so, according to this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes them as those who claim to believe. الَّذِينَ يَزْعُمُونَ أَنَّهُمْ آمَنُوا They claim that they believe in what has been revealed to the Prophet Muhammad and the Prophets before them. This is a proof that they don't really believe. The fact that somebody seeks judgment from other than the law of Allah is a proof that they don't believe in that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed for the people. Therefore, seeking judgment by other than the law of Allah, it is kufr if the person does so willingly. As in this ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarifies the rule concerning this. He said, يُرِيدُونَ أَيَّتَحَاقَمُوا إِلَى الطَّاغُوتِ يُرِيدُونَ They have a desire. It is their own desire. They have not been forced to do so. The one who is forced to go to court and that his dispute with someone is settled in the court of the man-made laws against his will. By the government he is forced to do so. He is in the land of Kufr or in the land of the Muslims where there is no Sharia. Then he is free from this. This is not including the one who is forced to do so. But it is the one who has the desire who himself willingly wants to seek the settlement of his dispute instead of by the law of Allah, by the law of man. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, يُرِيدُونَ أَيَّتَحَاكَمُوا إِلَى الطَّاغُوتِ They themselves have the desire. It is their wish and their desire to settle their disputes by other than the law of Allah. Therefore, the one who desires to do so, it is kufr. And that one is a kafir. However, as we said previously and last week, that the ruling concerning an individual that that person has gone out of Islam and that they are kafir <coughs> is a ruling that is not to be made by every individual and it requires conditions to be filled and, and that the prohibitive factors, factors are <coughs> not present. The second uh, situation 
which is not mentioned in this chapter but it is, comes under this heading is the state of the one who judges and rules rather than the law of Allah and yani the one who uses the man-made laws to judge between the people in their disputes instead of using the Sharia, the law of Allah, the Quran and the Sunnah the one who is the judge sitting to in front of the people to settle their disputes and instead of judging by the law of Allah he judges by the law other than Allah if that person did so once or twice or three times or on some occasion but it wasn't the normal uh, situation that they were always judging by the man-made laws then many of the scholars said that their situation is the situation of every person who commits sins who knows that what they are doing is sinful and it's wrong and they acknowledge that it's wrong but they did it for whatever reason out of weakness and it is sin, sinful and that person is not considered as a kafir however the one who always rules by the law of the, man, the man-made laws to the exclusion of the law of Allah it is the constant manner of ruling by the man-made laws then this person who does so is a kafir as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions them as taagut yani that those who seek judgments from the taagut and the taagut are those who obeyed or those who are followed or those who are worshipped outside of the bounds of what Allah has legislated and this is indeed outside of the bounds of what Allah has legislated therefore such a one who rules always by a law other than the law of Allah that person has fallen to kufr and it is and he is a kafir and he has gone out of Islam the third situation is the situation of the one who makes those laws and that is also understood from this heading and it is a branch that may be understood from this heading of those who seek judgments by other than the law of Allah and it is those who make those laws who legislate those laws who write those laws to replace the law of Allah then that person without question is a kafir this is clear kufr and that person is out of Islam the last situation is the state of is the condition of the state the Muslim state that brings the law the man-made law that puts it in place of the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the state that does so makes it as their established law then this is indeed kufr and the one who is responsible for doing so is also a kafir however if some rulings are made in a country by the man-made laws instead of the law of Allah on occasion it happened once or twice or on some few occasions then as we mentioned earlier this falls under the ruling of those who have fallen into sin or an act of disobedience while acknowledging and knowing that what they are doing is wrong the first evidence that the Imam mentions is that evidence which came from the chapter heading the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Nisa chapter 4 verses 60 do you not see those who claim yani a false claim who claim that they believe in what has been revealed to you that is the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Al-Quran and the Sunnah and what has been revealed before you that is the scriptures that were revealed to the previous prophets they desire it is their desire and their willing intention to seek judgment from At-Tagut the false judges those who rule by the man-made laws instead of the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَقَدْ بِهِ they seek judgment from the Tagut while they have been ordered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reject the Tagut and the rules and the laws of the Tagut they have been ordered to disbelieve in it, to reject it 
not to accept it. وَيُرِيدُ الشَّيْطَانُ أَيُدِلَّهُمْ ضَلَالًا بَعِيدًا And shaitan desires and intends to lead them astray. That is, those who seek judgment from other than the law of Allah, he intends to lead them astray. أَيُدِلَّهُمْ ضَلَالًا بَعِيدًا Far astray, very far astray. وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ تَعَالَوْا إِلَى مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ وَإِلَى الرَّسُولِ رَأَيْتَ الْمُنَافِقِينَ يَصُدُّونَ عَنْكَ صُدُودًا Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And if it is said to them, Come to what Allah has revealed, يعني the Qur'an, and to the Messenger, that is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his sunnah, the legislation of Allah, the sharia, then you see the hypocrites, the munafiqeen, turning away from you. يَصُدُّونَ عَنْكَ صُدُودًا They turn away from you, يعني, with aversion. Concerning this ayah, the Shaykh Al-Qara'awi, Hafizahullah, may Allah protect and preserve him, he says the general meaning of this ayah is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rebukes in this verse, the munafiqeen, the hypocrites who make a claim of iman, they claim that they believe in what has been revealed to the prophets, yani to the prophet Muhammad sallallahu and those who came before them. And they indeed deny the, they deny the truthfulness of their claim themselves by turning to the man-made laws, by seeking the ruling or the judgment in their disputes, in the differences between them, they turn to the law or the rule other than the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger. Yani the fact that they seek the ruling or the judgment from other than the law of Allah is a proof against their own self in their claim to believe in what has been revealed to the prophets and the messengers. And likewise, it is a negation of their claim of iman, absolutely. And it negates the claim of Iman since they have been ordered to believe in what has been revealed and to disbelieve in the laws that have been made, yani any laws other than the law of Allah and the law of His Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yani we have been ordered to disbelieve in a tagut Therefore whoever believes or who accepts the ruling of a tagut then this is a negation of their Iman and it is in contradiction to the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to disbelieve in whatever ruling has been made other than from the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And shaitan, Allah's curse be upon him, he desires to make fair seeming to those people. They are turning away from the law of Allah, rejecting the law of Allah for the opinions of the human beings in order that he may drag them from the truth to falsehood and he may remove them far away from the truth and then leave them and abandon them and indeed a shaitan he always abandons the human being when they follow him the shaykh then mentions six points hawaid or benefits that may be derived from this ayah the first of them is that al-kutub al-samawiyah the books that were revealed to the prophets of the past, that all of them, they are sent down from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they are not created. 
all of the revelations are like the Quran. They are the kalamullah, ghayr makluq. It is Allah's speech, the speech of Allah Himself, and it is not something created. Number two, the prohibition of seeking judgment in other than the book of Allah and the sunnah of His Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It is haram for a Muslim to seek the judgment in a dispute between him and another person in the court or in the laws or in the rules that have been made by man instead of seeking the judgment from the Sharia, the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And likewise, from the signs of hypocrisy and nifaq al-i'tiqadi, not nifaq amali, the hypocrisy, not the hypocrisy that is in deeds, like a person who makes a promise and then breaks it, or a person who is entrusted with something and then they violate the trust. The Prophet ﷺ said that these are from the signs of hypocrisy. These are hypocrisy in actions. It doesn't mean that the person who does so is a munafiq, but they have the signs of hypocrisy. But here, of the signs of hypocrisy in, in belief, and i'tiqad, of the signs of hypocrisy in belief, that takes a person out of Islam, it is seeking judgment from other than the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number four, that whoever seeks judgment in other than what Allah has revealed, or whoever judges, whoever judges by other than what Allah has revealed, then that person is a tagut. That person is a tagut. Yani it is someone who is obeyed or is followed beyond the bounds that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated for obedience to the human beings or to be followed. And this includes all of the man-made laws. And whoever rules by the man-made laws, any of them, then the person who judges by it, that person is considered as a ta'gut. Number five, that the cause of the Muslims falling into the problems and trials and difficulties that they are in today is the turning away from the divine law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed, most of the Muslim nations have abandoned the Sharia totally, if not for the most part. And perhaps there may be no Muslim nation in the earth that is ruling totally by the Sharia. And indeed, this is one of the great causes of the problems that the Muslims are suffering today, as we will see in the evidences that follow, that the facade or the corruption in the earth, it is due to ruling by other than the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number six, the prohibition of the division or the separation between the deen and the government. Governing, the governing uh, laws and rules and the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should not be separated, but the deen of Allah covers every aspect of the life of Muslim. The relationship of this ayah to the chapter under discussion is that this ayah indicates the rejection of the claim to having faith, the claim of the faith of those who seek judgment in other than the law of Allah. They claim to believe in what Allah has revealed, it is a false claim. And likewise, the relationship of this ayat to the general topic of At-Tawheed is that in this ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani, repudiates and He rejects those who do not fulfill the requirements or the obligations of the shahada of La ilaha illallah. Yani, those who do not fulfill the requirements of La ilaha illallah. And that is, and from amongst that, it is to have faith or iman in the ruling of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and that which it necessitates 
of action, yani of acting in accordance with the Sharia. The second evidence actually most of the copies of Kitab al-Tawheed the second and third evidences are contrary to the order as it is found in the Sharh of Sheikh al-Qarawi all of the other scholars, contemporary scholars have mentioned these evidences in a different order so we will follow the order that has come in most of the books the second evidence that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has mentioned is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 11 and 12 وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا تُفْسِدُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ قَالُوا إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ مُسْلِحُونَ أَلَا إِنَّهُمْ هُمُ الْمُفْسِدُونَ وَلَكِنْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ The saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if it is said to them, to the hypocrites لَا تُفْسِدُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ do not make corruption in the earth. And here, the corruption, it is in the general sense, it is ma'asiyah. Yani sins. Corruption here, it means sins in general. And the greatest of those sins, it is shirk. And the shirk that the imam intends here, as in using this as an evidence, it is shirk in a ta'ah, in obedience, obeying other than Allah. And that which is the exclusive right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is making corruption in the earth. Obeying the laws, made by man instead of obeying the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if it is said to them la tufsidu fil ard don't make corruption in the earth they said verily we are muslihun yani those who rectify reform and correct but indeed innahum humul mufsidun they are those who make corruption in the earth who spread sin and immorality and corruption and primarily yani the meaning here that is intended it is those who call to or who implement the man-made laws to the abandonment of the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says that indeed they are the mufsidun, but they are unaware. And they are unaware that though they are claiming to be the muslihun, in fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed to his prophet Muhammad sallallahu revelation informing him of their nifaq, their hypocrisy. And the shaykh says general meaning, of this ayah is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes clear or in these two verses he makes clear the extent of the criminal behavior of the munafiqeen and when and if they are requested to stop and to hold back from spreading sin and from dividing the Muslims and dividing the ranks of the Muslims they answer that we only intend by our action we only intend a tawfiq bain al muslimin wa ahl kitab they claim that they are only trying to reconcile between the muslims and the disbelievers the ahl kitab the people of the book and then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes clear in the second ayah uh, that they are actually the source of corruption and disruption in the earth and the reason for them acting in the way they are acting it is because of their lack of knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reveal that he will send down a revelation to his prophet exposing them and uncovering their hypocrisy yani they do what they are doing thinking that no one will be aware of what they have done secretly the shaykh says yani from this ayat he mentions four benefits the first of them 
is that al-ma'asi or sins it is a cause of corruption in the earth number two the danger of the hypocrites who are in the land of the Muslims the danger of them because they are amongst the Muslims and they appear to be with the Muslims while in fact they are more dangerous than the Christians and the Jews number three the prohibition of acting upon opinion when it is in contradiction to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and number four the excuses of those who commit sins making excuses and in those who commit sins they are making excuses it is from the signs or the characteristics of the munafiq yani when a person commits a sin then there's no need to make excuses but they should confess to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repent to him and correct themselves while in fact from the characteristic of the of the hypocrites is that when they do wrong they make excuses for it and they try to hide it and this the muslim should avoid at all costs the relationship of these ayats to the chapter under discussion is that in these ayats corruption making corruption or spreading corruption in the earth it is prohibited and from the types of corruption that are prohibited is seeking judgment and disputes between the human beings in other than what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed the relationship of these ayats to the general topic of at-tawheed is that these ayats it is understood from them that there is a prohibition of seeking a judgment in other than what Allah has revealed and for that reason the one who does so who seeks that judgment then it is a negation of their testimony of la ilaha illallah because in the understanding of the testimony of la ilaha illallah is that Allah is the only one who has the right to legislate the next evidence that the imam mentions is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah al-a'raf verse 56 which is similar to the previous ayat and it is a prohibition a command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to avoid something wala tufsidu fil ard ba'd islahiha wad'uhu khawfan wa tam'an inna rahmatillahi qareebun min al-muhsinin in this verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibits that anyone should spread corruption in the earth meaning sin in general and shirk more specifically and the type of shirk that we are talking about is shirk in obedience in ta'a this is a violation of at-tawheed and it is one of the greatest means of corrupting the earth whereas the islah of the earth yani the reformation and correction and rectification of the affairs of the human beings it is in obedience to Allah and the establishment of at-tawheed and the sharia of Allah amongst the people he says in this verse don't make corruption in the earth after it has been rectified after things have been restored and set in place after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the prophets and messengers and the revelations to correct the problems of the people in the earth and they have been corrected and set in place the sharia has been established and tawheed has been established then don't corrupt things by spreading sin and shirk and any ruling by other than the law of Allah but call on him fearing his punishment and hoping for his mercy for indeed the mercy of Allah 
is near to the muhsineen, to those who do good. The Shaykh says, the general meaning of this ayat is that when we know that Islam has come to rectify and to correct and to reform the land and the people in those lands, then we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for this reason, He has prohibited, in this verse, He has prohibited the spreading of corruption in the earth and the destruction physical destruction in the earth any type whatever type it may be whether it is physical mental or spiritual after things have been restored or corrected or set in place by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by sending the messengers and by revealing the books which are full any of the books the revelations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which are full of the straight and right teachings and noble guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered His servants, He ordered them to turn to Him, supplicating Him, and that, that supplication should be accompanied by fear, fear of His punishment for those who disobey Him, and hope, hope of His favor and His generosity for those who obey Him. And so that the one who supplicates him should not give up hope. And he should not give up hope that they will receive an answer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that indeed his mercy is near to the muhsineen. And those who do good in any way, whether it is by their wealth or by their position or their status, and whoever does good towards others, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his mercy is near to them. The Shaykh mentions five benefits that may be understood from this ayah, the first of them is the prohibition of spreading corruption in the earth in any form whatsoever. The second of them, that every type of reformation or restoration of the affairs of the human beings in the earth, it is the, it, the cause of it, the cause of restoration in the earth, it is obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Number three, turning away from the law of Allah, it is the cause of every type of evil. And it is the cause of the condition, the present condition that we witness of the Muslims in the world today. Uh, and if we just consider the conditions of the Muslims and that we have turned away from the law of Allah for the most part, then it is and a proof that turning away from the law of Allah is the cause of evil, evil and harm and hardship. The fourth point that he mentions, it is that a Muslim should travel towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani moving between these two factors of al-khawf and al-raja, yani between fear and hope. No matter how much good deeds one does, he should, also, he should always fear the punishment of Allah for his shortcoming. And no matter how much sins one has committed, they should, also, they should always still have hope of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number five, the confirmation of the characteristic of ar-Rahmah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is characteristic of mercy. And that it should be understood in a way that is suitable and appropriate to His Majesty and His glory. The relationship of this ayah to the chapter under discussion is that this ayah prohibits spreading of corruption in the earth and of the most evil of types of corruption it is seeking the ruling in disputes between the people in other than 
that which Allah has revealed or in the guidance of his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The relationship of this ayat to, to the general topic of a tawheed is that this ayat includes the prohibition of seeking judgments in other than Allah and his messenger and that whoever does so is a negation of their testimony of la ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad rasulullah. The fourth evidence that the Imam mentions, Rahimahullah, it is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verse 50. أَفَحُكْمَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ يَبَغُونَ وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ مِنَ اللَّهِ حُكْمًا لِقَوْمِ يُقِنُونَ أَفَحُكْمَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ يَبَغُونَ Is it the judgment or the ruling of jahiliyyah that they seek or that they want is it that they want to resolve the disputes between them by seeking the ruling of jahiliyyah and that jahiliyyah it is every ruling that is not derived from the book of Allah and the sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and indeed it includes all of the man-made laws that are spread throughout the earth today. Do they seek the ruling of the of the jahiliya, yani that ruling which is based on ignorance, or that ruling which is distant and far from uh, and separated from the that which Allah subhanahu wa taala has revealed, yani that they turn away from the book of Allah and they prefer the ruling of jahiliya. Whoever does so, then that person has taken the ruling of At-Tagut. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after asking this question, is it the ruling of Jahiliyyah that they prefer over the, over the ruling of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ مِنَ اللَّهِ حُكْمًا And who is better than Allah in terms of making rulings and judgments? Who is better in judgment than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? لِقَوْمِ يُقِنُونَ For those people who have firm yani faith who, who have certainty of faith who know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ruling in his controlling the affairs of the universe as well as his ruling in the sharia the laws that he has revealed for judging between people as well as his ruling on yawm qiyamah when he judged the people and, and what will be their destinations according to their actions in this world those who know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they know that there is no one who rules or who makes a judgment better than the judgment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Shaykh says that the general meaning of this ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repudiates those who abandon the, the ruling of Allah which is comprised of justice and mercy and instead of taking the ruling of Allah they take the opinions of human beings which are based upon ignorance and oppression and desires. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he confirms for the second time that his ruling that it is the best for reformation and the correction and rectification in every matter and that is because he is the creator of the human being and he knows what will be more suitable to rectify and to restore their affairs and then the Sheikh says 
that indeed many of the scholars, social scientists, ulama al-ijtima, many of the social scientists, they have confirmed, and even many of them, they are not Muslims, yani social scientists in general, have confirmed that the people will not escape from their pitiful and lost state that they are in in the world today, except that they return to the teachings of Islam. And the truth of the matter is that which has been confirmed even by the enemies of Islam. Many of them has confirmed that much of the rulings of Islam concerning al-riba, interests, and alcohol, khamar, and so many other things, that only if these, the laws of Islam are implemented in the earth, then the human being's situation will be rectified and restored and corrected. The Shaykh mentions three fawaid or benefits from this ayah. The first of them is that every ruling which is not derived from the book of Allah, then it is the hukum, a hukum jahili. It is a ruling of jahiliyyah. Second, the falsehood of every ruling, yani the invalidity of every ruling that is not derived from the legislation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And number three, the prohibition of separating the religious affairs from the governmental affairs. The relationship of this ayah to the chapter under discussion is that this ayah indicates the prohibition of abandoning the ruling of Allah in, yani, and taking in its place the ruling of other than Allah. And the relationship of this ayah to Tawheed is that as this ayah indicates the prohibition of taking the ruling of other than Allah, then it also confirms that whoever does so, their action is a negation of their testimony of La ilaha illallah. The fifth evidence, the fifth evidence that the Imam Rahimahullah mentions is that which has been reported from Abdullah ibn Amr. Yani Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As radi Allahu anhuma, may Allah be pleased with him and his father, and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal, la yu'minu ahadukum. حتى يكون هواه تبعا لما جئت به لا يؤمن أحدكم no one of you believes يعني no one of you has the perfect and complete iman that is required of a Muslim no one of you has this type of iman حتى يكون هواه until his desires until that which he loves and that which he is inclined towards until all of this is in accordance with and is in agreement with what I have come with, what the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has come with, that is the Sharia of Allah, the Quran, and His Sunnah. Until our desires, that which we love and that which we hate, until they are in accordance with that which the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has brought, then we will not have complete and perfect iman. قال النووي رحمه الله حديث صحيح رويناه في كتاب الحجة بإسناد صحيح. Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, he says that Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah said that this hadith is sahih and that we have narrated it in the book Al-Hujjah with, with an authentic chain of narrators. However, there is a great difference of opinion concerning this hadith and some of the scholars or many of the scholars have considered it to be a weak hadith having many weaknesses and from amongst those who considered it to be weak is Al-Hafiz ibn Rajab 
Rahimahullah, in his explanation of the 40 hadith of Al-Imam Al-Nawi, he said, Tasheeh hadh al-hadith ba'idun jiddan. Yani that the authentication of this hadith, it is ba'idun jiddan, very far from being correct. And then he goes on to mention in a lengthy discussion a number of weaknesses, four of them in particular, uh, which show the defect of this hadith and from amongst them is the weakness of one of the narrators an inqita or break in the chain another narrator that is majhul yani whose accreditation is not known an ittirab yani that there is uh, difference it has been yani the hadith has been narrated by the same narrator in different ways that are contradictory and cannot be reconciled amongst the contemporary scholars who considered this hadith to be weak was Shaykh al-Albani rahimahullah he said in, in a sunnah by Ibn Abi Asim, he said that this hadith is da'if. And he also mentioned in Mishkat al-Musabi in his checking of those hadith, that this hadith is weak. And it includes an arid al-Nu'im ibn Hamad, who he said is weak. And the Shaykh Abdul Qadir al-Arna'ud, rahimahullah, uh, and he also in his checking of the hadith of Shaykh al-Sunnah said that the isnad of this hadith is da'if. In any case, some of the scholars considered it to be Hassan or Sahih and some considered it to be Da'if and perhaps the stronger opinion is that the Hadith is Da'if however, in spite of that, the meaning of the Hadith is correct as it is confirmed by other Hadith and by innumerable ayats from the Qur'an from amongst those verses of the Qur'an that confirm the meaning of this Hadith is that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Qasas chapter 28 verse 50 فَإِنَّمْ and if they don't answer you, yani answer the call of the Prophet and that which he calls them to and that which he rules with, then know that indeed they are only following their desires. This is a clear confirmation of the meaning of this hadith. Likewise, the saying of the Prophet that none of you believes or has true and complete any faith until I am more beloved to him than his children and his parents and all of mankind and the love of the Prophet requires obedience to him whoever doesn't obey him and doesn't accept his judgment and his ruling then indeed that person doesn't have proper iman and other ayat similar to this is that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah An-Nisa chapter 4 verse 65 فَلَا وَرَبِّكْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَقِّمُوكَ to the end of the ayat that indeed by Allah you do not believe until they, would, they do not believe until they make you as a judge in their affairs and also the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Ahzab chapter 33 or 34 Surah Al-Ahzab uh, I'm not sure if it's 33 or 34 verse 36 wa yeah, it is not for a believing man or a believing woman when Allah and His Messenger have decided on the matter that they have any choice in their matter, but they have to follow only that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and mentioned have ruled. And the evidence is similar to this or many. For the lack of for the lack of time, any the fifth evidence uh, or the sixth evidence or before the sixth evidence the discussion the Shaykh al Qarawi Hafidullah says that this in this hadith the Messenger of Allah sallallahu he says that a person will not achieve the complete and perfect iman that is obligatory for the Muslim except that his speech, his sayings, and his actions, and his beliefs that they are in accordance with what the Messenger of Allah has come with that is the Sharia indeed it is required of a Muslim to love 
whatever he has been ordered with by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger and to act in accordance with it and it is expected of him to hate what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger have prohibited and to avoid it and to believe whatever the Prophet have informed us of and to worship Allah by that which he has legislated from the benefits of this hadith and that which is in accordance with its meaning the Shaykh mentions four benefits the first of them is the defect of the iman of the one who loves that which is in contradiction to that which is loved by Allah and his messenger is a defect in iman number two the prohibition of ruling by other than what Allah has revealed number three the invalidity of every religious deed which is not in agreement with the divine law and whatever contradicts the Sharia then it is invalid number four uh, that tamam al-mutaba'a min tamam al-iman Yani that the one who follows perfectly, that is the Sharia, then that person will have perfect Iman. The relationship of this, had, of this hadith to the chapter under discussion is that this hadith indicates the prohibition of seeking judgment or ruling in other than the law of Allah. And its relationship to the general topic of a Tawheed is that this hadith, if it indicates the prohibition of seeking judgment from in other than what is brought by the Messenger of Allah wasallam then it is a negation yani then whoever falls into such they have negated the shahadatain al-mutalazimatain yani the two statements of shahada that is la ilaha illallah and muhammad rasulullah which can never be separated the sixth and seventh evidence is related to the first evidence the ayah from quran that the imam mentioned in the beginning from surah an-nisa and it is two narrations concerning the asbab al-nuzul or the reasons for the revelation of that ayat the first of them waqala al-sha'bi that is Amir ibn Sharahil he was one of the great scholars of the tabi'een uh, al-imam uh, ibn Hajjah says that he was thiqah mashhur faqih fadl min al-salifah all of the f- six narratives that is al-bukhari and muslim and al sunan narrated from him and uh, he was well known for his knowledge, especially in fiqh. Al-Sha'bi, rahimahullah, he said, كَانَ بَيْنَ yani, In reference to this ayah, the first ayah, yani, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Did you not look to those who claim to believe in that which is revealed to you, and that which was revealed to those before you, while they seek judgment from At-Tagut? He said that it was revealed in reference to كَانَ بَيْنَ رَجُلٍ مِنَ الْمُنَافِقِينَ someone from amongst the Jews فَقَالَ الْيَهُودِي نَتَحَاكَمُوا إِلَى مُحَمَّدٍ صلى الله عليه وسلم يعني meaning the Messenger of Allah the Yahudi, the Jew, he said let us seek a ruling from Muhammad 
sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the messenger of Allah. He was a Yahud. He didn't believe in the prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. However, even though he didn't acknowledge his prophethood, he knew that seeking the ruling from him was better than seeking from anyone else. He said, let us take the ruling from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Arafa annahu la ya'akhudhu rushwa Because he knew that he would not take a bribe. He knew that he would rule justly and fairly. وَقَالَ munafiq But the hypocrite who claimed to be a Muslim, he said, نَتَحَاكَمُوا إِلَى الْيَهُودِ He said, let us seek a ruling from the Jews. لِعِلْمِهِ أَنَّهُمْ يَأْخُذُونَ الرَّشْوَى Because he knew that they take bribes. And he knew that he could get the ruling in his favor if he paid them. فَاتَّفَقَا So the two of them agreed. And يَأْتِيَا كَاهِنًا فِي جُهَيْنَا They agreed to go to a soothsayer, a fortune teller, a kahin in Juhayna. فَيَتَهَاكَمَا إِلَيْهِ And seek their ruling from him. فَنَزَلَتْ On that occasion, this ayah was revealed. أَلَمْ تَرَى إِلَى الَّذِينَ يَزْعُمُونَ أَنَّهُمْ آمَنُوا بِمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ وَمَا أُنزِلَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ uh, this statement has been reported by Al-Suyuti and it has been reported by Al-Hafiz ibn Hajj al-Askarani as mentioned in the handout and Al-Hafiz ibn Hajj al-Askarani says in Fath al-Bari when he mentioned this narration he said Rawahu Ishaq ibn Rahuway bi tafsirihi bi isnadin sahih the narration has also been ascribed to Imam al-Tabari rahimahullah and a shabi but mursal, yani without a complete chain of narration. In any case, the Shaykh says concerning this report that a shabi, rahimahullah, informs us in this report that a man from amongst the hypocrites and a man from amongst the Jews had a dispute. There was a dispute between them uh, and the Jew. He asked to take the matter to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, because he knew of his fairness and impartiality and justice and that he was far away from the evil of bribes. As for the Munafiq, he requested that they take their case to the Jews because he knew that the Jews would take bribes. And he wanted to give them a bribe so that he would reach, he would achieve what he was seeking of falsehood. And if that wasn't his right, he would reach it through bribery. After they had agreed and after they differed, should they go to the Prophet ﷺ or to the Jews? Then finally, after that, they agreed, the two of them, to take their case to a soothsayer in Juhayna. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He revealed that which exposed them in the Qur'an, in His book, the Qur'an, and which showed their wickedness. And He disgraced them يعني, by mentioning their case in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it would be يعني, exposure of them until Yawm Qiyamah. And the Shaykh mentions four benefits from this effort or this report. The first of them is the miracle of the Prophet ﷺ that even his enemies bear witness to his honesty and his justice. Number two, the prohibition of bribery. Yani taking it or giving it. Uh, taking it, yani receiving it or giving it or paying it. Except perhaps as some of the scholars said in the case of a person who gives and yani who pays a bribe in order to get that which is really their right or to protect them from some harm. Number three, from the signs of hypocrisy is that a person seeks the ruling from other than the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Imam Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah said concerning this point that 
this effort is a proof that whoever is called to be judged by the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ and they refuse, and they refuse, then indeed that person is a munafiq. Number four, that from the characteristics of the Jews is that they take bribery. The relationship of this effort to the chapter under discussion is that it indicates the prohibition of seeking judgment from other than the law of Allah. And the relationship of this effort to the general topic of a tawheed is that it uh, points to or it negates the claim of iman, of believing in Allah and His Messenger, of those who seek the uh, to seek ruling in their disputes in other than the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ because doing so is a negation of the shahadatain La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah and the last proof that the Imam rahimahullah mentioned has that been called? Alhamdulillah the last proof that the Imam mentions وَقِيلَ نَزَلَتْ فِي رَجُلَيْنِ اِخْتَصَمَا فَقَالَ أَحَدُهُمَا يعني قِيلَ نَزَلَتْ فِي رَجُلَيْنِ اِخْتَصَمَا يعني الإمام محمد بن عبد الوحاب رحمه الله says قِيلَ and this expression is an indication it is an إشارة by الإمام محمد بن عبد الوحاب to the weakness يعني to the da'af of this report however even though he considered it to be weak there are some who considered that it might be raised up by innumerable yani, other chains of narration. From amongst them is Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen rahimahullah in his sharh of Kitab al-Tawheed. He said that this story which we are about to mention, that it was mentioned, بِصِيغَةْ التَّمْرِيدِ yani It was mentioned with an expression that is understood by the scholars of hadith to indicate that the report is weak. However, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen rahimahullah says that in Taysir al-Aziz al-Hamid one of the early explanations of Kitab al-Tawheed he says that it is mentioned there that this hadith has been reported by a large number of chains and that it is well known and widespread amongst the Salaf and the Khalaf the early generations of the Muslims and the later generations and that this fact that it came through so many chains and it was well known amongst the early and later generations of the Muslims uh, is an indication that this report is without need of consideration of its chain, of its chain of narration. Uh, and likewise, that the fact that the chain that it has been reported by, the fact that it is weak, it is, يعني, it, it doesn't matter, that we, we may still accept this report. Al-Imam al mentioned it in his tafsir, attributing to Ibn Abbas, and likewise, Al-Hafid ibn Hajj al-Asqalani mentioned it, uh, attributed it to Ibn Abbas. But in his narration, he has reported it from يعني, Abu Salih, who is a narrator that is matruq, abandoned, يعني, weak beyond question, from Ibn Abbas. And Abu Salih didn't narrate from Ibn Abbas. He didn't hear any hadith from Ibn Abbas. And because of these weaknesses and others, even Al-Hafid ibn Hajj al-Asqalani says when he narrates the hadith, that this hadith even though it is weak but it is strengthened by the narration of Mujahid uh, and the fact that it has been reported in different ways uh, and it doesn't affect it because it is possible that uh, it may have been yani that the ayat may have been revealed in reference to more than one incident 
In any case, the previous narration is stronger than this one, and both of them have a similar meaning. Yani that the ayah was revealed in reference to those who preferred, or to, uh, in reference to someone who claimed to believe and preferred the ruling of other than the Sharia, uh, the ruling of some man or anyone other than the law of Allah over the law of Allah. The Shaykh says the general meaning of this narration is that the narrator here has uh, has informed us that the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did you not see yani, that those who claim to believe and what has been revealed to you and then they seek the ruling from Tagut he said that this was revealed in reference to two men who had a dispute and one of them sought to yani, actually the Shaykh he says here Naam, he actually says that between two men, one from amongst the Jews and one who was a Munafiq. However, in fact, the, this particular narration doesn't mention the Jews nor the Munafiq, but the previous one does. In any case, he says that it was revealed in reference to a Jew and a Munafiq that had a dispute between them, similar to the previous report, although the Jews and the Munafiq are not mentioned here in this dispute. Yani in this, in this uh, report it says, فَقَالَ أَحَدُهُمَا نَتَرَافَعَ إِلَى النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وسلم وَقَالَ الْآخَرِ إِلَى كَعَبِ بْنِ أَشْرَفِ Yani it doesn't identify who were the two disputants. But one of them said, let us take our case to the Prophet ﷺ. And the other one said, let us take it to Kaab ibn Ashraf who was a Yahudi. ثُمَّ تَرَافَعَ إِلَى عُمَرِ فَذَكَرَ لَهُ أَحَدُهُمَا الْقِصَّةِ فَقَالَ لِلَّذِي لَمْ يَرْضَى بِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم كذلك. Yani after they disputed between them who should they take it to the Prophet ﷺ or to the Yahudi Ka'b ibn Ashraf then they finally agreed to take their case to Umar ibn Khattab anhu, and one of them mentioned to him what had occurred between them yani that they had one of them had suggested to take it to the Prophet ﷺ and the other one suggested to take it to the Jews Umar he asked فَقَالَ لِلَّذِي لَمْ يَرْضَى بِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ he asked him, the one who wasn't pleased that the ruling be made by the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Is it so? Akadalik? Qala na'am He said yes it is so It has happened like this Fadarabahu Bistayfi Faqatalahu Then Umar struck him with his sword And killed him uh, The Shaykh says that The Jew Or one of them who suggested to take their case to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He suggested so because he knew that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was fair And honest uh, And just uh, and that he could distinguish the truth and he knew the truth however the Munafiq he requested to take their case to Ka'b ibn Ashraf the Jew because he knew that the Jews take bribes and in the end they agreed to take their case to Umar ibn Khattab anhu. however Umar when he confirmed the fact that the Munafiq had refused to take the case for a ruling to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he killed him the Shaykh mentions six points that are derived from this report. The first of them is the miracle that it is a miracle for the Prophet Wasallam that his enemies uh, bear witness to his fairness and his justness. Number two, calling. Yani the invitation to seek a ruling from other than the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Wasallam is from the signs of, hip- of the hypocrites. And included in that is those who call the people to follow the man-made laws. Number three, the obligation of killing the one who finds fault with the rulings of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, or anything 
in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number four, and it should be noted here that even though it is permissible and it is the ruling that the person who claims to be a believer and they reject the ruling of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, that indeed it is kufr and it is apostasy. However, the killing of them, unlike in the, in the case as is reported in this story, if we accept it as being true, unlike in this case, it is not the right of the individuals to take the implementation of the law of Allah in their hands, but it is the right of the ruler of the Muslim society. Number four, the obligation that one should have anger for the sake of Allah when that which he has, pro- been, that which he has prohibited is violated. Number five, the permiss- permissibility of changing evil, yani changing munkar with one's hand, even without the permission of the imam. That is, in the case where one has authority in that situation. And in the case where one has authority, you may change evil with your hands. If otherwise, you may speak out against it and otherwise hate it in your heart, as in the authentic hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Number six, the permissibility of implementing the punishments which are not legislated, which are outside of the hudud, which are not legislated clearly in the sharia, uh, in the evil that may be present amongst the people. The permissibility of implementing some punishment in those matters, where the punishments are outside of the hudud, even without the permission of the imam. And again, yani he is using as a proof the action of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu. And indeed, this asr or this particular report is disputed amongst the scholars that we have already mentioned. And even so, the general rule is that the implement, implement, implementing of the punishments, whether from the prescribed punishments, hudud or ta'zir, it should be Yani for the, by those who are in authority in that matter. Uh, and he says that this should only be done yani in the case where it would not lead to division uh, and separation. For if it caused division and separation, then it is prohibited to do it without the permission of the Imam. The relationship of this report to the chapter under discussion is that it indicates the prohibition of seeking the ruling in other than the Messenger of Allah Wasallam, or what he has brought. In the relationship to Tawheed is that this report indicates the prohibition of seeking a ruling from other than the Messenger of Allah Wasallam, because this is a negation of the Shahadatain, Al-Mutalazimatain, the two Shahadas that cannot be separated. That is La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, that Allah alone is the only one that should be worshipped and that worship is obedient in what he has legislated and that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, is the one who has brought to us that legislation, therefore he should be obeyed and followed in that which has been revealed to him. This is the end of what the Shaykh has mentioned in his explanation. And just quickly, the Masail or the issues that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab mentioned at the end of the chapter. And he mentioned eight issues. The first of them is what we have already discussed of the tafsir of the ayat of Surah An-Nisa and that which it contains, which helps the person to understand what is at Tagut. And this ayat helps us to understand what is at Tagut. And one of the definitions of at Tagut that was given by Imam Ibn Qayyim is that at Tagut includes everything that is beyond the bounds of what Allah has legislated, whether it is in those who are followed or those who are worshipped or those who are obeyed. And the second issue is the tafsir of, of, of the ayat in Surah Al-Baqarah 
And when it, when it is said to them, don't make any corruption in the earth. Uh, and the explanation of this ayat that in it is an indication that hypocrisy uh, yani that hypocrisy is a type of corruption in the earth because this ayat was revealed in reference to the hypocrites number three the tafsir of, of, of ayat al-araf yani the ayat in surah al-araf the prohibition of making corruption in the earth after things have been restored and rectified and corrected uh, and that means that it is a prohibition of spreading sin and particularly shirk and the shirk that is under discussion is ruling by other than the law of Allah and the corruption the reformation of the earth or the correction of it of the earth it is through a tawheed and the establishment of the sharia the fourth point is the tafsir of the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is it the ruling or the judgment of Jahiliyyah that you are seeking? And the Shaykh, he says here that Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen, that the hukum of Jahiliyyah, it means anything or everything that opposes the divine law. The fifth issue is the statement of a Shabi concerning the reason for the revelation of the first ayah, and that has already been discussed in detail. The sixth issue is the tafsir of Iman, al-Sadiq, wal-Kadhib, yani the definition or the description or explanation of the truthful Iman and the false Iman. And he says that the ayat, the first proof that was mentioned, do you not look to those who claimed that they believe in what has been revealed? Uh, he said that concerning this ayat, that al-Iman, al-Sadiq, the truthful Iman, requires that a person, that a person totally submit and accept and surrender their self to the ruling of Allah and His Messenger and that the false claim to faith Al-Iman Al-Kadhib it is the opposite of that yani the one who doesn't submit to or surrender to or accept the ruling of Allah and His Messenger the seventh issue is the story of Umar Al-Khattab with the Munafiq he said that uh, transferring or going away from or abandoning the ruling of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Umar ibn Khattab understood that the action of the person doing so it allowed his killing because that person became an apostate and therefore he killed him due to the strength of his yani ghayrah yani his jealousy for the law of Allah and it being violated the last, the last issue is the fact that al-Iman, any true and perfect Iman is not achieved for anyone until his desires and that which he loves and hates is in accordance with that which the Prophet ﷺ has brought of the Sharia of Allah, that is the Qur'an and the Sunnah. I think the Adhan has been called. Huh? Just quickly, the questions at the end of the handout discuss the reason for the revelation of the verse. Do you not see those who claim that they believe in what? was revealed by, by what was revealed to you yani the meaning of this ayat that we have discussed uh, in detail is that um, whoever claims to believe in what has been revealed to the Prophet وسلم, and then they seek the judgment in disputes between them in other than the law of Allah then this is a, pr- a proof of the falsehood of their claim of Iman discuss the verse and when it is said to them make not corruption on the earth
this ayat, the general meaning of this ayat is that the corruption which is referred to here as the scholars of tafsir said is in general ma'asi sins however the greatest type of sin it is shirk and the shirk that the imam intends to refer to here it is in obedience, obedience to other than Allah in that which is the right of Allah alone uh, discuss the verse and do not make corruption in the earth after it has been set in order or corrected or rectified in islah and in the relationship to this chapter and in this ayat also is dealing with the same topic al-fasad in the earth it means the spreading of sin and particularly here uh, the spreading of the laws the man-made laws so that people uh, rule by and seek judgment from the laws of man instead of the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is the greatest means of or one of the greatest means of corruption in the earth and the islah or the rectification of the affairs of humanity it is by returning to the law of Allah establishing the sharia and establishing a tawheed what is the meaning of hukm al-jahiliyyah the meaning of hukm al-jahiliyyah it means any ruling or any judgment that is in contradiction to the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that which came in the Quran and the sunnah discuss the meaning of the underlying words none of you truly believes the meaning in this hadith of truly believes it means the one none of you has complete or perfect iman that iman which is required of a Muslim which requires of him to love what Allah has ordered and to act in accordance with it and to hate what Allah has prohibited and to avoid it so whoever doesn't act in accordance with what the Prophet ﷺ has come then that person doesn't have the perfect and complete iman that is required of a Muslim what is the hukum or legal ruling of one who seeks judgment by other than the Sharia then that person who seeks judgment willingly as mentioned in the ayat if it is by their will that they desire of their own free will not being forced to do so then this is kufr and that person is a kafir however as we said the ruling on any particular person who commits any of these actions is not a ruling that is for us to apply but we have to look and make sure that the conditions of making takfir are fulfilled and those prohibitive factors are also and not present what is the hukum of the one who legislates or who writes who, the man-made laws to replace the sharia the one who makes those laws who, who brings a law to replace the law of Allah making themselves a lawmaker along with Allah and that person is a tagut and that is kufr and the one who does so is a kafir without any difference of opinion what is the ruling of the one who judges the people by man-made laws exclusively not making a ruling once or twice or on some occasion but who exclusively judges by other than the law of Allah then this is also kufr and that person is a kafir as for the fawaid or the benefits mentioned from the chapter they are that which we have mentioned under each evidence the sisters ask the question Assalamu alaikum please re-explain the permissibility of implementing punishment even if it is outside of the hudud without the permission of the imam or ruler specifically the matter of specifically the matter of unless it would cause division Ayyuh. Uh, what we said concerning the implementing implementing of the punishment the punishments which are outside of the specifically yani the legally prescribed punishments that are mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah specifically that those punishments uh, yani the Shaykh Al-Qara'awi Hafizahullah says that these punishments based on the uh, report of Umar ibn Khattab killing that person who refused to accept the ruling of the Prophet he understood from this that you may implement a punishment outside of the hudud which is not from the prescribed punishments you may implement it even without the permission of the imam 
uh, as long as it is not something he says that doesn't cause division or separation of the people. However, what perhaps may be more clear is if we say, as the scholars said, as a general rule, that the commanding of the good and the forbidding of evil is subject to the consideration of whether or not commanding that good would bring about a greater evil than the good that we are trying to achieve. Or forbidding the evil, forbidding it, would bring about a greater evil than the evil that we are trying to remove. If it is so, if the evil consequences of us commanding the good or forbidding the wrong are equal to that which we are trying to achieve or greater than it, then it is prohibited to do so. So this is the principle that the scholars have applied, the scholars of the people of Sunnah, which is close to what he has said, that is, that implementing any punishment that is not from the legally prescribed punishments or commanding the good in general and forbidding the wrong, it should be in consideration of whether or not our doing so, whether or not it would bring about a greater evil. If the implementing of that punishment would bring about a greater evil or equal evil, then it is prohibited to do so. If it would be equal or greater than it, it is prohibited to do so. Commanding the good, it is prohibited. If commanding that good on that occasion brings about a greater evil, consequence or equal to it, it is prohibited to do so. And this has been mentioned by many of the scholars of the people of Sunnah. Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen has discussed this in detail, this principle in detail in his book, Manhaj Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah fil Aqidah wal Amal. If there are any comments or questions or corrections from the brothers before we close, Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika, Shadu an la ilaha illa anta, Sadhkuruka wa atubu ilayka.